guys, it's Leah Buckles from Prestige Worldwide Medical Consulting. I am a U.S. Army veteran, former CMP examiner, and I write medical opinion letters for veterans seeking VA disability, right? So today I wanted to come on and discuss sleep apnea as it relates to weight gain as an intermediate step. So we have done a couple videos about sleep apnea in the past. Um, I'm trying to do some singular videos so that they don't get too cumbersome and super long. And you know, you guys can look at sleep apnea to mental health or sleep apnea to allergies or whatever it is. So today I wanted to talk about sleep apnea as it relates to weight gain, right? So weight gain is probably one of the biggest, if not the biggest risk factors for the development of obstructive sleep apnea. So there are several different types of sleep apnea. There's obstructive, there's central, there is mixed sleep apnea which is like a combination, right? So obstructive sleep apnea refers specifically to obstruction of the upper airway, and that can be caused by several different things. Um, it can be caused by hypotonia of the upper airway and it just collapses. It can be caused by, a, you know, mechanical or excess body tissue just collapsing it, right? So that's why we're gonna talk about obesity. So, or being overweight, right? So there are a lot of things that can cause veterans to be overweight, right? Or obese that are related to their service. So it could, it could just be because you overeat and you just have bad dietary habits, right? But if it's related to your service, it can be a bridge to service connecting a variety of disorders, right? So let's say you have a mental health condition and you binge eat, um, or you can't, you don't exercise because you have a terrible social phobia and you don't want to go out of the house, things like that, that can cause you to gain some weight, right? Um, if you have, you know, your double, double amputee and you can't run anymore, right? That can cause you to gain weight there. Are, it's multifactorial, right? So there are a lot of risk factors, you know, male gender is a risk factor, uh, being overweight is a risk factor, Let's see what else is a risk factor. There's just a ton of risk factors. So we have to look at all, oh, airway, the way your airway is structured. Um, it, usually we refer to this as your Malampati score. So if you have a Malampati four, which means you have a super crowded airway, you are more predisposed to having obstructive sleep apnea as well, right? So when it comes to weight gain, if you can show, you know, I'm not an accredited agent or attorney, right? I'm not a legal representative. I'm just um, a medical expert that goes over these types of cases. But pretty much what, you know, the reg VA regulatory guidance states um, that if the condition would not, and I'm going to read it word for word, if the condition would not have occurred but for the weight gain or obesity caused or aggravated by the service-connected condition, um, then it can be related to that other condition, okay? So, Again, we have to be at least as likely as not, you know, certain, um, 50% or greater that this condition would not have occurred, ha would it not be for those other conditions, right, for the weight gain. So I wanted to just go over a couple of those studies that I like to use. That way, if you guys want to look them up, use them. If you want to give them to your treating doctor, ask them to support you with a medical opinion for your case. Here's some of the research that we talk about. Um, Frequently, so lack of exercise is a major cause of chronic diseases is a study published in Comprehensive Physiology and it opines that an underappreciated primary cause of most chronic conditions is a lack of sufficient daily physical activity. Overwhelming evidence proves the notion that reductions in daily physical activity are primary causes of chronic diseases and conditions and that physical activity and exercise 
um, and rehabilitative treatment um, from the inactivity cause dysfunctions. So then there's another one that talks about obesity, abdominal obesity, physical activity, and calorie intake in adults, 1998 through 2010. That's the, that's the title of the article published in the American Journal of Medicine, um, discusses physical activity and caloric intake. Um, and they ultimately find that BMI and waist circumference trends were associated with physical activity level, but not with the caloric intake. So this is important when the examiners or the raters or whoever say, well, you know, diet is the most important thing and they're eating too much and this and that. Well, truly a lot of the research supports that, that while calorie reduction is fantastic in the short term at weight loss without exercise, um, frequent exercise, that it's just not a sustained loss, right? Um, so another article, three-year follow-up of participants in a commercial weight loss program, Can You Keep It Off? published in the Archives of Internal Medicine. Um, that talks about, it assesses maintenance of weight loss achieved during dieting, right? So it basically ends by saying the frequency of exercise after the diet program was the strongest predictor of weight loss maintenance. So again, this is us trying to disprove that just reducing your caloric intake, you know, is going to do it, right? You have to be able to exercise and do physical activity to keep that weight loss off. I have a bunch, but I'll give you a couple more. Reducing calorie intake may not help you lose body weight, which was published in 2017 and perspectives on psychological science. Um, another one, Psychosocial Stress and Change in Weight Among U.S. Adults, published in the American Journal of Epidemiology. Um, that discusses psychosocial stress and weight gain. So another good one I love to use is the Millennium Cohort Study. Some of you may be a part of that. I was a part of that. Kind of still am because it's still ongoing, I think. And that that is a, a thing that has been studying over 77,000 veterans military service members from all branches. Um, and it shows a link between PTSD and weight gain. Okay. So another thing that we don't look at, um, that we should look at, well, I look at is medications and weight gain. So a lot of antidepressants that you're taking, um, can have side effect profiles of weight gain. And I include that information as well. Um, or any other medications that have, you know, if you're taking steroids for some kind of rheumatologic disorder, you know, those things. And I'm talking about like, not just like intranasal steroids, but long-term use of oral steroids or injectable steroids, um, those types of things. So I hope this was helpful to just talk about OSA and weight gain as an intermediate step. Uh, again, weight gain as an intermediate step can be used for a ton of conditions. So, you know, for example, if you have asthma and you have weight gain related to the asthma because you don't have good exercise tolerance, um, that can also lead to it, to obstructive sleep apnea or any other condition. Diabetes, and that's another one we use weight gain as an intermediate step in quite a bit. So I hope this was helpful. Drop some comments on some other things you'd like to see. Um, I think we have another OSA video coming up. So please let me know if there are any other topics that you'd like to hear about and I'll try to get them on the schedule. Thanks guys.